0: CNN Plus streaming service closed down after just 30 days.
1: Netflix bled subscri- subscribers first time in over one decade.
0: Elon Musk ready to take on Twitter in a tender way.
1: Former Trump's HHS official warned the dire consequence of China's lockdown policy.
0: Welcome to Wei and Kathy Show. I'm your host Wei Fang. I'm
1: Kathy Zhang.
0: Okay, and uh, sorry, I, I was absent for two t- shows.
1: Yeah, I'm sure our viewers are happy to see Wei back. All
0: right. Okay. Good to see you back too. Back to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we have a we have a special interview done by Kathy about a, a Trump uh, former Trump uh, HHS the medical you know officials. Yeah. Regarding the. Lockdown in China.
1: Mm-hmm. So does lockdown policy r- works, right? And uh, but actually, it a lot of people know it doesn't work. But why it doesn't work yeah, and all- what's the you know dire consequence it could have? I interviewed the Dr. Paul, alias uh, Alexander, who is a academic scientist and a COVID nineteen consultant researcher, and also a former Trump administration official at the. HHS
0: Yeah and you may ask uh, why bother so much time on the Shanghai situation and I want to explain to you that uh, why do we want to do that and uh, yeah please pay attention because it's, it's very it's potentially very very significant. Anyway let's come back to our news um, important news today. okay Netflix announced on Tuesday that they had lost a subscriber for the first time in over a decade. Well not a big number, 200,000. OK, less than 1 percent. But it may indicate an important watershed point. It stocks dropped more than 20 percent uh, following the news.
1: So Netflix project that it could lose 2 million subscribers next year. It cited several issues that had negatively impacted the company's growth, including mass, uh, mass password sharing and the competition from other streaming services.
0: Well, but Elon Musk thought much differently. He tweeted that the woke mind virus is making Netflix unwatchable, while he agreed to a Twitter user who said woke mind virus is the biggest threat to civilization. Elon Musk has uh, criticized the wokeness in the past and said it will lead to a humorless society.
1: And Netflix seems not be alone. Uh, CNN will tell you about the CNN Plus story. On March 28th, CNN threw a swanky lunch party for CNN Plus, which is a streaming service on the eve of its uh, highly publicized premiere on 101st floor of Hudson Yards overlooking Manhattan.
0: Well, okay, just uh, 10 days later, on April 8th, Water, um, Warner Media and the Discovery completed their merger. And then on Thursday, which is yesterday, the merged company announced that it will close the stri- CNN streaming service on April 30th. Almost like, a, you know, exactly 30 days, 30, mm-hmm. 31 days.
1: Right. So what did, uh, what's the loss? $100 million on development cost, 500 people, it has attracted multiple talents such as uh, Chris Wallace, whom uh, CNN Plus paid uh, $9 million a year, and uh, insiders estimate CNN paid $200 million on advertising.
0: So altogether you can see that uh, $300 million thrown into water, okay, and why, because it, in one month, it's only attracted one hundred fifty thousand subscribers. Each of them paying six dollars. Six dollar. I'm sorry, five ninety nine. Right, six dollars a month. Okay, for them, at any given time, fewer than ten thousand people were, were, you know, were watching the service, according to New York Times.
1: And people on the new service and plus were so shocked and even furious. Some said, "Everyone is." Uh, against and uh, furious, a ghost, a ghost yeah. and uh, furious. Yeah, that's the staff.
0: That's a staffer. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay,
0: and some staffer said, if you I think you have a uh, no, not a staffer, this is a comedian and a radio host, uh, Tim Young. He wrote in his tweet, "If you think you have uh, having a bad day, imagine being Chris Wallace, who left Fox to be the star of the CM Plus, and the CM Plus immediately
1: failed." And uh, Chris Wallace is now thought likely to take over the 9 p.m. slot on CNN, left vacant after the firing of uh, Chris Kumo in December.
0: But that's only a guess. Okay, we don't know whether that would happen. Mm -hmm. So, what does former President Trump say? He he, he issued a statement saying that uh, congratulations to CNN Plus on their decision to immediately fold for a lack of ratings. Or viewers in any way, shape or form. In any event, it is just one more piece of CNN and fake news that we don't have to bother with anymore.
1: And the Fox News host Greg Gottfeld, uh, he later added, BLM has done to black people what Chris Wallace did to CNN Plus. He enticed them with a promise and then ditched them on the side of the road.
0: Yeah, so Kathy is quite uh, amazing, right? The last, I, I think the last uh, major pre- uh, streaming service was shut down, the short-lived, it's like seven months, mm-hmm. okay? And now this one is just 30 days. Yeah,
1: only with 30 days of uh, life.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a swanky, how to say, swanky start. They have a big start and have a quick uh, finish. So it's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, see. What do you think? What do you yeah, think? What's
1: I, the reason behind it?
0: As a matter of fact, I read from a one mainstream media about the reason why they talk about like a Netflix story and a CN story. And mind you that the Net- Netflix also have a you know its a stock really crashed in the recent uh, uh, few days. Okay, after as as we just reported to you, and then that article pretty much analyzed that uh, how. They made a technical error in lining up things for mm-hmm. the scene and the analysis in that article. Saying that they focus on bring in, bring on a lot of stars without uh, you know you know focusing on a lot of great shows for them to produce. Mm. So they say big stars with the uh, mediocre shows. That's the reason. Um, but here, President Trump and uh, Crack Gutfield say saying that it's the wokeness that is causing all this.
1: Yeah. So. What do you think? What do you think? Do you What's the think? reason?
0: It's a technical operational, er- operi- operational error. Or it's the wokeness, it's, it's the content. All right. Okay, want well, to know what do you, how you think. Let's move on to Florida. And Florida, the Governor Ron DeSantis signed a measure into law on Friday evening, which is just a couple of hours ago, that dissolves the Walt the Disney World's special governing power in the state after the company announced public opposition to a new parental rights law of Florida in Florida
1: yeah and uh, at the bill signing ceremony the said that disney lied about the content of the state's new parental rights in education law and he viewed the company's vow to fight it as unacceptable this uh, parental rights in education law that uh, the center signed into earlier in last month. And uh, it really, basically, it requires that uh, it, this um, allow the schools to teach the kids uh, th- third grade or under about, you know, gender, gender orientation or, you know, sex education, things like that. Uh, because the governor believes such kind of education should belong to the parents rather than the schools. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he said at the bill signing ceremony today, he said that you, you, referring to Disney, are a corporation based in Burbank, California, and you are gonna marshal your economic uh, might to attack the parents of my state. We view that as a provocation, and uh, we are going to fight back against that.
0: Pretty frank. Okay, and the Florida Senate voted 23 versus uh, 16. On Wednesday to remove the status, and then on the next day the House follows suit with a seventy to thirty-eight vote, and on the Friday uh, Governor DeSantis signed it. It's just lightning speed.
1: Yeah, so Three actually days. previously he just called into a special session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for the legislatures to discuss on this bill. And that's what happened Yeah. Yeah. just in a matter of a few days.
0: So what's the story? What about the, the, the act? OK, the act is called the Reedy Creek Improvement Act. That was actually signed to law in 1967, when the Disney company is trying to ask a piece of land, which is 25,000 acres of land from Florida, and uh, to build their theme park. And then for that purpose, to facilitate the theme park to be built and to be operated, and Florida did a big favor to Disneyland, the uh, Disney Corporation, mm-hmm. and then by establishing this Reedy Creek Improvement District. Okay, the special taxing district that allows the company to act with the same authority and the responsibility as the county government.
1: Yeah, so although <coughs> Disney had enjoyed uh, this type of uh, autonomy for half a, uh, half a, half a century, The governor and uh, the Florida legislatures uh, moved uh, very swiftly to just uh, dismantle such privilege. DeSantis said uh, this wokeness will destroy this country if we let it run unabated. So in Florida, we are taking a very big stand against it.
0: Okay, so basically, what's the the impact upon Disney? Disney was his own boss and uh, in the district and then now he got a new local boss now that's to seek permission for improvement any modification and so on and so forth from the local resident elected officials
1: mm-hmm. and uh, disney's um, stock just uh, dropped significantly like about 30% mm-hmm. so wait, you know all these the, store, the pre- these three stories from cn plus netflix and uh, disney what does that tell us? You know, those corporations—they just—they um, are just so much into this uh, woke agenda, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But uh, actually, from their subscription dropping, stock drop, stock price dropping, what does it tell?
0: Yeah, it's—it's it's, actually—it's very, very um, shocking to me. Okay, I'm, I'm coming from China, right? And uh, for me to try to understand all these issues, those corporations—they—they they are supposed to—they care more about the bottom line than this kind of, uh, how to say, political issue or social issues.
1: Yeah, they serve, they supposedly, their you know, main purpose is to serve all consumers. Right, can you right? imagine
0: that they want, I, I only want, Disney said, I only want the liberal people to come to my theme park. Conservative people, please, you don't come. No company would think that way, but they chose to do so. So it's just, um, you know, what do you think? What's the reason? What's the reasoning there? Who's control their board? Who's control their how to say decision making, executive management? Why do they do that? It, they stand to, you know, to 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 be to be heard right away, because even the you know Florida government does not, uh, you know. De- Strip away that uh, special authorization.
1: Yeah, it's gonna just hurt they're, so they're gonna, much of yeah. their bottom line, right? right but yeah. it seems they don't care. It seems they felt that uh, those uh, you know uh, woke people who supported woke wokeism are more important for them. Mm-hmm. But do they really feel that? Do they really know that? Um, mm-hmm. Or for a fact, more people in the United States among their consumers really support such sense. Mm-hmm. So actually I uh, just saw a very interesting report. Okay. It's called The Hidden Tribes, A Study of America's Polarized Landscape. Okay. In this report, it's about almost 160 pages report. I don't mm-hmm. have time to go through, but sure. very interestingly, it, there's a survey in the, this report saying that uh, only 8% of Americans consider themselves as progressive activist. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? Yeah. Only 8%. And it says the most intolerable group is the white progressives living in major cities. Also, there is uh, another survey saying that uh, 50% of the Gen Zers disapprove of the cancel mob, mm-hmm. which meaning the Gen Z are you know young people. Yeah, More than half of them mm-hmm. do not disagree, uh, do not agree with those uh, cancel culture. And if you, you know, add those conservatives, independents who also do not agree with the cancel culture, basically these um, companies, these liberal companies are against almost like two thirds of the population in the United States. So what are they thinking?
0: Yeah. What are they thinking? Are they all out of their mind? I guess this wokeness probably is a type of disease that hurts hurt your mental thinking.
1: <laughs> well, like, uh, um, uh, Elon Musk said it's a it's a woke virus.
0: It's a virus. That, I I think that's a better way to describe it. It seems to be a virus. Virus just dismantle
1: you know. people's thinking.
0: Yeah, it does get to work, right? Virus hurts.
1: Yeah, I, and that reminds me of uh, one of my interviews with uh, mm-hmm. Professor Victor Hansen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told me that. Uh. uh in the history of those uh, communism marxism uh, revolution including cuba soviet union and the chinese communist party mm-hmm. when they uh, were able to grab the power actually they are not the majority they did not get the majority support from the people however you know they have kind of certain characteristics. One is they, they know how to lie. Mm-hmm. They are very loud. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other thing is uh, their behavior, their actions very dis- disruptive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I that's what I understand from this is when they can lie, they deceive people mm-hmm. to follow them. Right. right. Although people don't really understand. If, if people really understand their agenda, what they believe in, people won't follow them but they know how to deceive people. And second, their disrupt- disruptive uh, actions behavior shut off yeah. people.
0: Mm-hmm. They deceive people and they scare people. That's the two ways to, to get their, you know, for them to get their way. okay So if we want to give them a new name, they should call that these people are loud, lying and a violent minority. Yeah. right? Is that accurate?
1: Mm-hmm. And then, and they can take
0: over an entire nation, guys, with all the good people, numerous, majority, supermajority of good people around, this loud, lying and violent minority can get the power of a nation, of a free nation, of a formerly free nation.
1: Yeah. Should th- we
0: let that happen?
1: Mm-hmm. And if, you know, for example, those uh, corporations, big corporations, the leadership, if they are not, they are weak, mm-hmm. right? So they, either just deceived or they are just uh, scared to try to appease those, you know, super minority mm. and uh, to just really ignore people who really need to pay attention to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? This is a myth. This is to, to, to many people is a myth, right? Why do they, those corporations just uh, just hurt their, would rather hurt their bottom line and uh, then just... Just serving all customers, and uh, that's very very strange, okay we want to get you what's what your thought okay let's move on to the next uh, Elon Musk 's move mm-hmm. I, I think I think we should give you update every, every almost every show okay okay and, and the, the, well, the pace is not that, uh, that there are not that many paces, but there are some mm-hmm. so basically Elon Musk makes some hint the hint cannot be more clear okay what does that mean in oh, a few days ago, he just uh, tweeted one sentence say love me tender, love me tender uh, Kathy,
1: can you sing Love Me Tender? Love Me
0: Tender, Love Love Me True true. (laughs) Oops, I don't have the next lyric. Okay, so at that time, I just produced a YouTube show in Chinese. I said, uh, Love Me Tender means tender offer. So Elon Musk seems to be hinting that he would uh, come up with a tender offer. And then just two days ago, and then he tweeted another thing, blank, Uh, blank is the night. Blank is the night. What he was referring to is the novel. Okay, the final novel, very famous novel, completed by the American writer. <coughs> I'm sorry, <coughs> F. Scott uh, Fitzgerald. Okay, and the novel's na- name is called. Uh, title is called uh, Tender is the Night. So you Musk i tweet this. Uh, what is the night? The answer is the Tender is the Night. So without any doubt, you know that he's coming up with a tender offer. As you know, tender offer is a conditional offer mm-hmm. with a fixed price. All right. So basically, as you know, the Twitter board came up with this uh, poison pill, right? So whenever there's somebody try to take over, in this case, Elon Musk, they're going to let all the current shareholder to buy new share, which is created out of thin air with a fraction of the today's price, basically diluting. The value of each share, and everybody can do that. Every shareholder, except the takeover person, which is Elon Musk, so then Elon Musk have to come up with more money uh, to buy this diluted share, so that he can have enough share to con- you know, basically to control the company. That's called a prison bill. And then Elon Musk then counter will, will be counter that with a tender share, a tender offer. Tender offer is main, basically means that uh, Elon Musk saying that I'm gonna offer sixty dollars. This is my number, okay? Sixty dollars to buy three hundred twenty-eight million shares. And if I got enough of them, which means I got over fifty percent of the total share, I'm gonna run this transaction. If I cannot buy. Get the promise to sell me uh, 328 million um, Twitter shares. My offer is off. Okay, so basically that's called a tender offer. So the tender offer essentially jump across, jump over the board, and go talk to and announce that in publicly uh, to the current entire share, the group of shareholders. Okay, could the poison pill defense defeat this? Uh, you know, broad tender offer. Well. It's difficult to say if the price is high enough and then the poison pill may not uh, garner enough defense because some shareholder would uh, um, you know, revolt. They will not follow the, the board's direction and they are willing to sell this to Elon Musk. This is especially true when considering that Twitter has never been a you know, company good at making money. They've been losing money, losing money, losing money. Only with the exception of one or two quarters, they make money, and they've been just losing money. Last year, they lost uh, 228 million dollars. Okay, after 15 years in business, they're still losing money. It's just, it's just a financially weak company. And then, Elon, if Elon Musk's price is high enough, well, he could succeed. And then, so how did the Elon Musk come coming up with the funding? Okay so he could uh, naturally sell some tesla stock he owned uh, how to say 170 billion dollars value okay in the tesla stock and uh, no he, he just decided not to do that he just wanted to borrow money okay he raised debt which is preferred debt and against against his uh, tesla stock They indicate that elon musk thinks he has faith in his company has faith in the value of the future value of the tesla stock so he's willing to just borrow money and, uh, and pay for this uh, tender offer. And then, that's a very, very smart move. As a matter of fact, just one day later, after he tweeted this uh, tender thing, um, let me tender, and then tender in the night, um, Tesla announced the, the, the quarterly report. Fantastic number. Okay, so his, his uh, wealth just keeps increasing. So anyway, what would he do? after he purchased it, uh, Twitter, if he succeed, And uh, my opinion, if you ask my opinion, I think he will return President Trump's account. Whether President Trump would take it or not, I don't know. And whether he take it, he would, would he just uh, keep tweeting that and lead everybody to the truth social, assuming the truth social would be working? Mm-hmm. Very likely. Okay. But would the Twitter succeed? If you ask my, my opinion, after he bought the Twitter successfully, I think so. Because this guy is, is good at running companies. Mm. Uh, so we'll see. It's, it's, it's a it's a it's sort of the epic battle. Okay, if he give a good price, I think on the Twitter side, somebody who are not willing to see Twitter being sold, they could jump in and jump in the battle. So this could become a bidding war. And uh, yeah, interesting enough. Okay, let's see how this will unfold. Okay, that's the Twitter story. Next, we're going to come to the COVID story, right? Right. Especially the lockdown. Mm-hmm. First, before we start our story, let, let me just share you a, some relevance about why we want to run this story um, with you. What happened in Shanghai is, is something just—I'm un- incredibly miserable. Okay, you cannot believe the most wealthy city in the in the China, twenty-five million people living there. A good major, good number of them are starving to, ne- nearly starving to death. Can't believe so. There's no shortage of food. There's a lot of food around, but they just cannot get to the food, and then they are they are starving not to, to divide to the deco- omicron. They are starving to death. You know, and what I mean is that they are, they don't face the threat of omicron, but they face the threat of the starvation. Okay. And um, so, what's the consequence of that lockdown? And what would that do to them? And uh, in, well, just in, in a very concise way, I want to tell you this. What happened in Shanghai is worth close attention because this could be the starting thing that will trigger an avalanche of change in China. let see. Let's give it a few months and see what would happen. Okay, Kathy, what's the story?
1: Okay, so lockdown, does that work? A lot of people would say, oh, it doesn't work. Of course, there are people still think it works. So actually, before we go to the story about the lockdown in China, let's have a very brief review of the lockdown in United States. There's a new study by the National Bureau of Economic Research recently. Uh, The title is States of COVID Performance. It compares outcomes on economy, education, and health. The authors are the University of Chicago economist Casey Mulligan and Stephen Moore and Phil Carpen of the Committee on Unleashed Property. They compare COVID outcomes in the all 50 states and the District of Columbia based on three variables, the economy, education, and the mortality. So let's, the data show, what data show? data shows that the state ranking based on a combined score of these three variables, the top 10 in the ranks are mostly smaller states with the notable exception of the state of Florida, Florida again, Florida ranked sixth. And you we can recall how this sunshine state decided to open itself re- relatively sooner. Uh, than any other states after the first lockdowns. And it was uh, derided as cruel and destructive. And the uh, governor the sentence was called what? Governor death sentence. But the study ranked Florida in mortality as 28th, which is middle, uh, in the middle of the pack. And almost about the same as uh, California, which ranked 27th despite its far more stringent lockdowns and the school closures. But in another two factors, Florida ranked third for the least education loss and the 13th in economic performance. How about Flor- uh, California, which has the most stringent lockdown? It ranks 47th overall, the economic ranked at the 40th and the in-person school at the bottom of the 50 states. In other words, Florida did about an average on mortality as other states, but it did much, much better in protecting its citizens from severe economic harm and its children from lost schooling. How about the bottom 10? The bottom 10 are not dominated by states and D.C. that had the most stringent lockdowns and were among the last to reopen schools. Their economics are for the most part still behind the most others in recovering from the pandemic. So that's what happened in United States. But at this time, at this report came out uh, just uh, a week ago, China is experiencing the just the world's most most stringent lockdown. So I talked to Dr. Paul uh, Alice Alexander, who is the, an academic scientist and a COVID-19 consultant researcher. He was the uh, Trump administration's official at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Service during the COVID-19 pandemic. Just a very brief introduction of Dr. Alexander. If you are not familiar with him, he has a bachelor degree in epidemiology from McMaster University and a master degree from Oxford University. He studied his uh, PhD degree in evidence-based medicine with the, who, who founded uh, this uh, evidence-based medicine. He had experience working in WHO regional office in Denmark Uh, around 2018 as an epidemiologist. Also, then in January 2020, when the coronavirus came out from China, WHO asked him to transition his role as the evidence-based specialist to study this um, coronavirus because they don't understand this uh, coronavirus, they asked him to synthesize all the information from China and for a better understanding. And uh, in May of 2020, he was nominated to the HHS as uh, their science advisor. So that's his background. And uh, he just breaks down why this uh, lockdown, extreme lockdown policy is not working, will not work, and. Uh, more moreover what kind of a dire consequence it could bring so without further ado let's go to the interview
2: we've looked at all of the science from then to today we can find not one instance not one globally any country any setting where lockdowns work to curb transmission and reduce the risk of death and i will fast forward to china to explain how what they said in the beginning, in their early lockdowns in Hubei, Wuhan, etc., that was a catastrophic failure, and they're paying the price now. No lockdowns ever worked in any country in this world, period. There's a recent John Hopkins publication that corroborated what I had written. I've written many op-eds, I've been on many media programs, saying that the society should have never been locked down because lockdowns actually collateral damage kills people, it harms the society and destroys the economy, and the implications for the society and children long term, it will take decades to reverse the damage. China had enacted some lockdowns in January, February of 2020, and they claimed success. And WHO went out and said that China's model was successful, and it's our argument that the United States followed that model. But that was a catastrophic failure, and I'll tell you why, and I'll tell you why it's failing today. When you lock a society down, prolonged lockdown, and tight lockdown, you could conceivably, in the room that you sit in, Kathy, you could close the windows and close the door and seal off all the ventilation routes and make it airtight. You could. You could do that. And you could conceivably prevent any microbe from the outside getting in, any microbe from the inside getting out. You could institute what we call a negative pressure room, so that there's nothing coming in, nothing going out. However, here's what you're going to do by doing that. And this is what is happening in Shanghai today. And I am pleading with the people in China. I am pleading with the people in Shanghai. Get to your governments and make sure this is stopped here's the problem when you lock a setting down so tight and so complete you are denying your population your base population from becoming infected naturally and harmlessly yes i just said that this is the omicron subvariant ba2 this is the mildest of the variants the sub it is highly infectious but very mild non-lethal it would be optimal for the low risk healthy persons in the society in Shanghai to be exposed to live lives normally, taking reasonable precautions and be exposed naturally and harmlessly. I am not talking about you running up to somebody who's infected and sticking your face into their face for 15 minutes. The virus needs about 15 minutes of exposure for transmission and high concentration for transmission to take place. We know that by research. You can't just walk past somebody who's infected and you become infected. That's a lie, that's bogus. But let's come back to what I'm saying. If you keep Shanghai locked down more, much longer than what you've done, you've already damaged the people. You are denying the population in Shanghai, the low risk, healthy children, infants, young people, teenagers, young adults, middle-aged adults who are healthy, from being exposed naturally and harmlessly to a non-lethal infectious virus. Because if they are exposed, they will become infected. Most likely 90% could show no symptoms. They will be asymptomatic. They would not even know they're infected because this is so mild, this variant. And they will de- recover and develop natural immunity that will be broad, robust, and long-term. So that is the first issue. By locking down a society, you deny the population from developing population-based natural immunity. And that is why the people in Shanghai, and I argue across China today, are going to be susceptible to Omicron. Because China, in the beginning, implemented draconian lockdown measures that its base population across China has very limited natural immunity. The United States has a high level of natural immunity right now. Other countries in the world, like India, etc., because they did not engage in the types of lockdowns that other societies like Australia, New Zealand, China, etc., engaged in. They are going to pay the price. Australia, New Zealand. Every time they try to open, they are going to get surges and infection. But so what? So what? I argue with the population of China. So what? As long as your hospitals are prepared, as long as you give them the proper PPE, as long as the nurses and doctors are on deck and capable and you have the correct number of beds, you allow the rest of the low-risk society, the vast majority To just live normal lives not touched by the government and you only focus on the high risk vulnerable yes we have to strongly protect the high risk vulnerable in the population that's the elderly in the nursing homes the old age homes even in your private home that's the obese population because obesity emerged as a super loaded risk factor behind age obesity So I'm talking about morbid obesity, persons who weigh 250, 300 pounds, 400. That's a serious issue. And and yes, there is risk to younger persons who have comorbid conditions. So you have to know yourself, you are at risk. We knew that COVID was amenable to risk stratification and your baseline risk is prognostic or predicts the severity of your outcome, including death. So we knew that all that was needed one month after January, February, March, 2020. In April, persons like myself, Dr. McCullough, Dr. J. Bhattacharya, Dr. Martin Kuldoff, Dr. Reesh, Harvey Reesh, we were arguing globally over two years ago to stop. Stop all these lockdowns and school closures. They are killing people. You are denying the population the healthy population, the well people in the population, which is the vast majority, from being exposed naturally and harmlessly so that they will become infected naturally and harmlessly, not forced, just part of everyday living. And after they're infected, they would recover. They would now develop natural immunity. And it is those people in your society Who will go forward and protect the vulnerable who cannot be exposed normally so you secure the vulnerable people first properly and you let the complete rest of society live normal lives china prevented this from day one that is why with omicron now in a place like shanghai with 27 million we have such skyrocketing infection because the baseline Natural immunity does not exist, so your population there is susceptible to this to this variant.
1: So, Doctor cost- Alexander, one problem, one issue with the Chinese government is uh, beyond science or the medical treatment is uh, that their goal of uh, showing how their hard hand lockdown works more than it doesn't work. Yeah, that that's their political purpose right they have a political objective
2: but they're hurting they're hurting the population because because i'll say it this way let us say they kept this lockdown cafe going for two more weeks and then they say no more cases we have not one more infection they could actually get to there but here's the key this virus has not gone away after two years it will not go away and you might have done this today but when the new variant comes along Every two months we're seeing a new sub variant. They're gonna be infected again. So by locking down, you are actually damaging the population. And there's another aspect besides denying your population to get its natural immunity, which it's, which is like a right. You are denying people something that they have a right to experience. Why do you think normally little children and young people and young adults don't get ill with that's is always around us. It's the innate and natural immunity that constantly protects them. That's a natural part of living. Now you are taking people, particularly the vast majority of the population who's healthy and you are hiding them away. You think you are helping them government, Chinese government, but you are harming them. And I'm trying to explain it. You are preventing their own immune system from functioning the way it is designed. It will handle this virus, this Omicron sub variant. It will develop immunity. Sadly, there may be one of two people who are elderly and who have high risk. It's happened in America. It's happened in Canada. That's part of life. When I'm over 80, when I get there, if I live that long enough, My immune system will not be working like before. I will be very vulnerable to all sorts of things. I might be vulnerable to the common cold. I might die from a simple cold. That's life. It happens every day. So this zero COVID policy is illogical. It is irrational. It is absurd. It never worked anywhere in the world. It cannot work here. And I am begging the population and the government of China to understand. I'm trying to explain it simple. I'm taking all of the biochemistry, all of the cellular issues, all of the immunology out. I'm trying to be simple. Allow the complete majority of the low-risk people in your society to live normal lives. Let them take reasonable precautions. Yes, take precautions. But live normal, free lives, no lockdown, and you secure. I don't mean put them in a jail. You take precautions in the highest vulnerable, the elderly that's in the nursing home. Of course, during this outbreak, do not let people visit them as they normally would. Take precautions, use barriers, face barriers, shields, whatever you can, etc. But remember, it's a simple formula. You protect the elderly, the vulnerable first, in the nursing homes or your private homes. Whilst you do that, you use public service announcements about healthy living, etc., the the need for vitamin D supplements. That has emerged as a proper, proper treatment in COVID. We found that a vast majority of people who succumbed to COVID, who died, were vitamin D deficient vitamin D has a potent role in cellular immunity, T cell immunity in the persons who succumb to COVID. It has a potent role. So we message vitamin D supplement. We talk to people about a healthier lifestyles, body weight control, drop some weight, 10, 15, 20 pounds. It will reduce the risk to persons and the society, but mainly 99% of the population, the vast majority must be allowed to live normal lives, free. And you will get through this outbreak. And but what the gift that you will have, you will have a gift. Your population will now have natural immunity. So when the next Omicron subvariant comes along, your population in Shanghai could withstand it then. But by locking down now, again, this hard way, you are denying your people the chance to use their immune system to fight this pathogen naturally. You are actually compromising them and you are actually prejudicing them in a devastating way. They are going to be vulnerable. And here's the problem, Kathy. So far, what has emerged are, non- are highly infectious non-lethal variants, there's always a chance, because in these single-stranded mRNA, in the replication of the genome, there's a chance that in that replication, there are genetic errors. And because the spell-checking mechanism is not always fail-safe in these single-stranded mRNA molecules, we could introduce a very lethal subvariant. So far, thank God, all that has emerged are infectious, non-lethal, but a lethal variant could emerge that could devastate humanity. I am talking about could potentially wipe out the world. And that brings me now to the vaccine. So I've tried to explain the proper way China and Shanghai should be operating these 27 million people. You are suffering them. Government, You are. And okay. the problem is this, when China and other countries, so I'm shifting to the second point. The key with the lockdown is you deny your population from getting close to population level herd immunity. So you deny the lowest population from developing their own natural immunity that could be used to protect the vulnerable. So that's point one. Second, by locking the society down, like in Shanghai, you are destroying the economy. You are causing business owners to go out of business, people to be laid off from their jobs, etc. In America, I can tell you because I worked in the Trump administration, thousands of business owners and laid off employees killed themselves. They committed suicide because they lost everything. By closing schools, you harm children. Children committed suicides in America. By the thousands. It will happen in Shanghai. School closures and lockdowns devastate the emotional well being of children. So, by locking down as you're doing now in Shanghai, you are preventing the population from getting to natural immunity. Number one, that will protect them today and protect them in the future when other variants come around. Number two, you are destroying the society. You are destroying the businesses and people's lives. Number three, when you do remove the lockdown and emerge, you are emerging to a fractured, broken, demoralized society that's depressed and angry, hurt. You're hurting the society. So it, it has never worked. It has never, ever worked. And most importantly, four, you need to understand something. The virus responds to any pressure you put on it. And I need you to understand what I mean by pressure. I am talking about infectious pressure, immune pressure, societal lockdown pressure. The virus wants to do one thing. This virus, like other viruses, it's a very simple entity. All it seeks to do is to infect you and invade your cells of your body, Kathy, and take the metabolic machinery of your cells and hijack it and use it to replicate itself, to reproduce. That's all. A virus is a very simple, simple entity, organism. So it wants to infect me and just get into my cell. It does not want to kill me. Absolutely not. It just wants to infect my cells and use the machinery of my cells to reproduce itself and then spread. It does not want to exert a toll on me that it will cause my death. Because if it caused my death, then it arrives at what we call an evolutionary dead end. It cannot go forward. So it needs to keep the host, you and me, alive. That is why as time goes on, the virus keeps mutating to a milder, milder version. So much so that it's now at the BA2 subvariant Omicron. It's the mildest. Very infectious because it wants to infect as many people as possible, but non lethal because it doesn't want to kill us. The government of China needs to understand that. That's the key. But by locking down, the virus detects you have taken an evasive action against it. It's smart. It actually looks at it like that, that you are trying to evade it and it responds to every action that the society takes. The virus responds by evolving. And we have underestimated the evolutionary capacity of this particular virus to evolve and adapt to the pressures that we are placing on it. So if you thought that locking down tight would destroy this virus? No. It lays in wait. It waits. And while it's waiting for you to emerge, it is adjusting itself and adapting itself. It is mutating. It is almost engineering changes on itself. So that when you reemerge, it is going to even be more infectious. So much so that it's saying, okay, so you locked down once. To get away from me well i'm going to make myself even more infectious so when you do emerge which you must emerge i am going to spread even more prolifically and what is the end result countries like china societies like shanghai in canada in new zealand in australia in austria insane decisions their response is we need to lock down again and we need to actually lock down even harder And when you do that, the virus does the same thing even more again. And when you reopen, boom, more infections. Oh, we need to lock down again. It can never, ever work. All you need to do is the government needs to be brave. Brave. The data is clear. The reaction right now by Shanghai and the Chinese government is illogical. It makes no sense. It's absurd and it's unscientific.
1: Okay. So did you get the key point? Yeah. Yeah. So one thing, in, it's it's only half of my interview. He pointed out how the virus actually react to the pressure, you know, and then it's a, there's a possibility it will just have the next variant be very lethal. So that's his warning. And there's another kind of pressure that also could lead to the same, similar dire consequence, which will be... The next part of my interview, but for that part, I don't think we can, you know, air it on YouTube. So I will put it on the safe chat. So please, if you're interested in knowing that, uh, just uh, register on our safe chat channel. So yeah, a lot of people noticed that uh, actually this doctor is being, you know, restricted on the. A lot of the platforms. So, uh, but Dr. Alexander, he said he writes about all about this every day. So, if you are interested in his research, you can, you know, go to his website, which uh, we will post it here uh, for your reference.
0: Okay. So, to end today, so we should have some joke. About okay.
1: that. Yeah. So, I think a lot mm. of, especially Hollis and uh, others, are waiting for that.
0: Hi, Hollis. <laughs> Okay, I owe you some debt. Let me try to do some catch-up with pain. And, uh, all right, so this is about story in China, okay, in Shanghai. In you know, Shanghai, the police is completely you know, preoccupied with catching those people who got, who's, uh, you know, positive, right? Mm-hmm. And then regardless of people starve to death, people, you know, sick to death, ambulance doesn't take people if they don't have this certificate of, of their, you know, nuclear acid test positive, uh, negative. This is, uh, you know, what is causing all the death um, in Shanghai, unbelievable way. So an old man was so hungry and he was, you know, walking by a, the, the, the lake, okay, in the community. And then he just fell into lake and, you know, fell into lake, right, fell into lake. So he was shouting, you know, shouted for help. So two police officers were just nearby, but they were just patrolling only to catch anybody who dared to sneak out of the, you know, the, 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 the community. Mm-hmm. All right, so they just ignore them, ignore the, the old man. And then so the old man almost, almost re- drowned to death. And suddenly he shouted, I tested positive. <laughs> 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 the police officer heard that and then quickly jumped into the cold water and dragged him to the, uh, to the shore and the, to handcuff him. They're going to send him to quarantine. Okay. The old man saved his own life. All right, so uh, the mayor of Shanghai was doing a press conference, okay, on the prevention and the controlling of the epidemic. And he said the key protection material has arrived, including more than 80,000 pieces of uh, ma- maternal and infant materials, more than 100,000 pieces of drugs, and so on and so forth. So somebody was, you know, in, in the comment section, just like what we are doing now, just typing there. The elderly in our family has been out of medicine for three days, and then there are no supplies. So without answering, the mayor continued. We also have one hundred tons of vegetables from Zhejiang Province and ten tons tons of, uh, you know, just a mutton from the Xinjiang Province and so on and so forth. Someone in the comment section keep typing. Our neighborhood has been closed for two weeks and there's no food whatsoever. The so mayor then cannot, uh, you know, cannot ignore that anymore. So. He found out those typing like like just how how we did right, mm-hmm. and then he suddenly said, "Comrades, you'd better look less at your supply at the supplies at your home, and more at this press conference." <laughs> nearly true, nearly true, folks. Yeah. Okay, um, all right, that will be for today. Today.
1: Oh, okay. I thought people probably were waiting for another one.
0: Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Next time. Next time. Yeah. All right, thank you. It's just unbelievable things are happening in our time, and uh, good or bad, but uh, we just bring them to your attention. It's all all for us to you know dwell upon, and um, yeah, possibly big things is big things is brewing, and uh, the brewing place is called uh, Shanghai. Okay, well keep keep bringing you update. Thank you very much for tonight's show. I'm yeah. your host Wei Fang.
1: I'm Cathy Zhang. Thank you for being with us. Take care.
0: Night and see Have a good you on weekend. yeah on Monday.
1: Bye-bye. Bye
0: bye. Bye.